Good evening. Welcome uh, inside the Midlife Pilot Podcast, episode number five. Tonight we're going to be talking uh, all about flying with nervous and first-time passengers and people who just maybe aren't quite as comfortable in the uh, airplane as you are. It should be a good show, and I'm glad you're here. My name is Chris Moran, also known as the Midlife Pilot on uh, YouTube, and uh, as always, I am excited and delighted to be joined tonight uh, by uh, my friend and yours, uh, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Give it up for uh, Brian Siskind. Brian Siskind. What is up? How you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you doing? Man, we made it through uh, first phase holidays. Now we're going to enter second phase. If we get through that, we'll be good. Um, so yeah, I'm just excited to uh, get out. I, I'm ready for warm weather again. I'm ready for like this. We're still descending into darkness. I'm, I'm not I'm not enjoying it, but uh, but uh, I have been able to get a little bit of flying in. I, I imagine a little bit more than you, from what I understand. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been slow going for me. Uh, people may have noticed the lack of video content and also just lack of. <laughs> It's been a little crazy. Got a lot going on. Uh, there'll be stuff coming about that on the channel, stuff that's been happening. It's all good. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's good to be busy. I, I, I live a busy life generally, and uh, I always find myself complaining about it, and I think we it's a lot better than the alternative. You know what I mean? It's um, Yeah, yeah. All of my complaints are um, squarely in the uh, first world problem type level complaints yeah as i was talking about before we started you know i think it's ridiculous that i find myself in a state of being now where i'm angry that i don't have a plane not just longing to have a plane i'm like damn it i need a plane yeah I so, know. Um, uh one one day what well, this is gonna happen you know it's good to have goals i do have the um i got a piece of paper over here showing it. uh i did buy the end number for the plane that i don't have yet oh did you really mm-hmm yeah I, I, you can i didn't know buy, you do that yeah, you can you you too can pay ten dollars a year to remind yourself what a failure you are, <laughs> uh, and so uh, that's that's what I did. Uh, but I, I got the um, the 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 number is three two one Juliet Sierra. My dad's name was John, so John Siskind, and then uh, and his birthday was March twenty first. I'll be done. So it's his his birthday and his initials. So. Um, you know, this is how sad it is, uh, Chris. Um, my my wife actually just gave me a little while ago uh, a little Cessna Christmas ornament for our tree, and she was. It was like, well, I guess I could write the number on that. <laughs> Pulls out the sharpie and like, <laughs> right. that's the best I'm gonna do. Yeah, uh, but steps, one day steps, baby steps. That's right. Uh, what else has been happening? I. Uh, I don't think I have flown since we talked um, the last episode. Pretty sure I have not. You have, I think. I mean, I, I can't track yeah. with how uh, how current your videos are. Uh, I do them your- really quickly. Okay. I, I pretty much because I mean, I'm I'm not really making real videos like you are. You know what I mean? That are actually thoughtful. I, I'm just recording the flights and then cutting them and throwing. I, I don't. There's no narration. There's no. Uh, here's what I'm you know, doing today or anything. It's, uh, I mean, I guess I could probably try harder, but, um, that's why I'm able to get them out pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, I have done some, some, some decent flying. I've actually got to fly, um, with another pilot. That's, uh, a newer pilot. That was an interesting experience and a good experience. Um, it's interesting to sort of see what people pick up in their training that's still fresh for them. And then maybe what things you're like, wait, I don't, I don't actually do that, you know? So, 
um, that was good experience. And then also I've done some, um, uh, you know, just bounce around, you know, new airports and, you know, those kind of things. And I've definitely flown with some, uh, people over the last month or so, several actually that had varied levels of anxiety, um, <laughs> whether they were natively anxious people before flying or, um, or, or during, um, or hopefully not just after, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I had some, I've had some really good experiences, I think with that. And I think that I just thought that would be a great thing to talk about because, um, it's something that you get some of this in your training, you know, but it's not a lot. Um, and there's a lot of little sensibilities and things, tips and tricks kind of, you know, I I like all the conventional wisdom that I hear from other people about this topic and how to, how to put people at ease, how to, you know, deal with the motion sickness or, you know, all the various things that can come up. Um, and I know we've touched on this a little bit. Have you ever had, you've never had anybody actually full on get motion sick in, in your plane. Have you? I have not. I have okay. not. You did make me think of something though. A second ago, you said you flew with other pilots. I lied. I have flown since our last episode. In oh. fact, I flew with another pilot. And it's, it was also cr- struck me how rare it is that I do that. And I think I should do this more often, especially in my circumstance where I have a, the flying club that I run and I'm surrounded by other pilots who are in this club. We should go out more with each other because I think it's always cool to just be in the airplane with other people and see how they do things and yeah but i flew with another uh pilot in our flying club uh named dave and we took the 235 out and did like 12 landings or something crazy at clarksburg and i needed to get night i needed a few at night so we did i was still current technically but was not going to be and so we nailed a few of those at night but it was as busy There was a 737. We have very few um, commercial flights at Clarksburg. There are a handful in and out every day, but we were leaving. It was nighttime already, um, and we got the call, which I love. We were departing a downwind departure, and it was like uh, she called us out and said – uh, you know, uh, traffic is at your, you know, nine o'clock, a seven thirty-seven on a right base for runway two one. So basically, like t-boning towards us. It's like we look out and there's their landing light. It's like the sun, you know, coming at you and uh, same altitude. So we were right, you know, right in the pattern with a seven thirty-seven when we left Clarksburg, and then when we came into Fairmont, there was another airplane that we didn't we never had communication with that was we had to avoid um, and do something completely crazy and fly over the field. And we actually flew a, a backwards pattern. It's left traffic, but the way it worked out to get away from, and we had to cross the field and we ended up in a right downwind. So we just did right, made right traffic while we were there, but it was, uh, <laughs> so it was a pretty cool experience. Like we spent about an hour in the plane with somebody and he took a couple landings from the right seat and, you know, it was cool. Does it seem weird for you when you fly right pattern? It's still, yes, but well, no, not as a general rule, but in like at places that you never do it, like when it's like Fairmont is left traffic to two, three. And it was like, we Mm -hmm. just made a decision because it was like late and like, you know, um, empty that to go ahead and just continue in the right pattern. You know, we announced what we were doing, but it was, uh, we felt like a safer option than crossing back over the airport again. And yeah, yeah, we're already there. So like, let's just, but it's very weird at Fairmont. It's not, I mean, it's just, yeah, no, that was very strange. Yeah, the runway that I primarily fly here um, is right traffic. And so training in that environment and doing you know 90% of my 
pattern work <laughs> and, and write traffic, it's still something for me to get used to 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 do normal <laughs> pattern work. Right. Right. Uh, but it's so all yeah. Good. Um, in terms of passengers uh, and comfort levels, so. Mm-hmm. I've been pretty, I guess part of it is I, I don't have a ton of experience with a ton of different passengers. So that's kind of the first thing. I've probably only flown with, you know, uh, maybe 10 different people since I've got my certificate. So the, the, the sample size of the, uh, of people mm-hmm. to have, you know, nerve issues or be, you know, um, anxious is pretty slim. I think every, I think, I think it's natural to be, uh, a little bit, I mean, it's, you know, it's an, it's an unusual thing we're asking people to do. Um, <laughs> you really find out who your friends are, don't you? You know quickly. what I mean? Well, yeah. And who trusts you. How many you have? Oh, oh. I think um, this is the <laughs> thing that I've read about that I think makes the most sense to me in terms of why people maybe are um, apprehensive about getting in the plane with someone who, after they get their private, their, their pilot certificate. And I think it's, I think it's a fair point. You know, you, people have known you all your life. Uh, as not being a pilot. And then suddenly we're supposed to just believe that you are one. You know what I mean? It's like, there's something about pilots. It's held in a certain level of regard. And it's like, well, you can't just become one of those. It's like, you are one or you're not, I don't know. It's, that's not true, but that's, I think that's, I think that's some of the reluctance that people have is like, I've known you all your life. You've never been a pilot and now you are. Yeah, It's kind of uh, like now you're a cop. Right. Yeah. Or something. Not that right. it's not their equivocal, but just, all of a sudden, you were just in this position of governance over the situation that is unique. Yeah. And they have to accept it. And that's maybe a little strange for people. I, I, I've had a lot of people say, like, you know, you, you're, you're, it's kind of like you're realizing your, your true self. Like, you're really at home in this scenario. And they, they just don't realize all the paper clips and rubber bands up here that are kind of springing loose. But, um, but uh, but no, I mean it's it's definitely a weird thing, and and you know I I've had I, okay, so I have friends that are in the entertainment industry that, you know, um, you know, are on the road a lot, and and you know they'll they'll be on buses and planes and traveling around, which I consider to be fairly high risk, you know, tour buses and and that kind of thing, right? I mean that's oh yeah, you're not in a seatbelt, you know, and you're just kind of in this tube going down the same highway that every other crazy person is, um. But even still, like I've I've got friend uh, I have one friend who said um, his wife specifically told him that he's not allowed to fly with me or you know come up in the plane with me until he's got his life insurance sorted out. And I was like, oh geez, like what I mean, a di- what a dire reminder of yeah. what we're doing here. I think um, so. I think about through my list of passengers and folks that I've had in the plane and. Some of them have been, in fact, one, my first ever passenger is actually in the chat, uh, with us while we're recording this live. Uh, Kevin is here. He was my first ever passenger, although he's not, not an adventurer, but I mean, he's also not, not super fearful of things. And so he was, uh, he was super down for this. His brother also is a professional, is a, is a airline, um, pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, you know, has a general understanding of aviation. Um, but he was my first passenger and that was fun. Uh, and, but he was equally engaged. I think what helps, and I, I especially I've done this with people who show an interest in what we're doing. I think pe- the engagement factor is key. I think there are some people who just want to go up for sightseeing and want to look out the window the whole time and just see things. And that's, that's cool too. But the ones I found that have the most fun with it are the ones that I can engage the most in the process. Like, yes. 
I give them something to do. They can ask. They're always asking questions about what things are. And um, I think the more you talk about it and they're actively involved in the process, not only yes. is it, I think, interesting, but I think it's somewhat comforting because I think it shows a certain level of not just they're, they're learning what's happening, but also that you understand. I mean, you know, you have a pretty good handle on what you're doing. Yeah. My last flight was very much like that. It's, um, you know, a former colleague of mine who's, uh, you know, we used to work in sort of a, an IT capacity uh, together many years ago. And he's gone on to do, you know, he runs a whole DevOps group and does all this stuff now. And he's very technical, but he'd never been in a small plane ever. And so it was definitely a, a helpful thing to be able to just nerd out over uh, the, the details of what's going on. Um, you know, because he, he, I mean, he told me beforehand, you know, I, I'm a little anxious just so you know. And I was like, no, that's good. Like, that's, I think that's one of the main things. Maybe that's where we can kind of dig into this a little bit is like, I think it's really important. And what I have found is I've, I've got no shame in asking people right away uh, a week beforehand that we were even planning to fly together or whatever it is. Um, do you have any anxiety about this? That's fine if you do. Or do you have any history of motion sickness? Or just just polling the situation when you're not at the airport and there's the pressure of let's go. Um, you know, so I think that that's, that's one of the things I've figured out in my limited experience so far that's good is just to not be shy about asking people. Um, you know, I've had one experience where it was all, you know, sort of like, yeah, man, no, I'm all good. I'm all good. No problem. <laughs> and then we got into it. And we were maybe 10 minutes into the flight and it was like, well, okay, so I do get a little motion sick and I think I'm starting to feel a little bit that way, you know? And so I, I changed the entire um, destination plan, everything that we were doing. Still had a great time, but I just worked a, a break, I landed at a, a pretty nearby airport and didn't take them on a long spin or do a bunch of crazy stuff. Okay. Um, but, uh, but anyway, and that was one of those where you let them fly and then they're good, uh, which is a... a I've heard that that's a solution. Boy, is it really effective. Uh, it's really good. I bet a lot of CFIs <laughs> rely on that one. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I think I think that's all good. You know, another advantage that you and I have and maybe some others who film their flights have, um, I like to give links to flights to people and say, hey, check one of these out. Like, that's just to yeah. give an idea of what you're going to, you know, there's, they don't show up completely in the dark and worrying about what they don't know. I think it's a great head start for them to be able and if you don't record your flights send them a video of someone else who does you know some uh, you, maybe the midlife pilot a midlife pilot would be a great example there's you know millions of them uh millions of videos of small aircraft flights um i think anytime you go into a situation less blind it just takes the edge off um and certainly in this case i think that's probably true yeah i, I think also there's just different it's kind of like get people to define and what they're anxious about. Cause sometimes it's more of a, an, uh, just a blanket kind of anxiety versus uh, I'm very, you know, what I, what I learned when I probed about that with some of my passengers that had maybe some anxieties, uh, they really were actually only concerned about the landing. That was the only part that they just could not uh, anticipate how that was going to feel or whether that was going to feel, um, out of control in some way or, you know, anything like that. Um, you know, and my buddy asked me, he's like, are you, are you good at landing? <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, depends I on the day. Far. I mean. Yeah. I've made it this far. So 
so far, it, it's one of those things you're going to do great until you're not. But um, was it your uh, latest yeah, video I was watching? Was it your latest video I was watching? Oh, yeah, it was. Um, I was I was going to I was going to rib you and also give you kudos about your go around decision. I was like, I was like, I remember going around when things were like that. I don't do that. I don't do it anymore. Uh, <laughs> right. I was like, I looked at those wheels. I thought you're you're like a foot off the ground. Like yeah. But 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 it's uh first of all it's excellent practice to go around so like yeah especially close to the ground those are the ones that people have we're off topic now but I, I the 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 go arounds super close to touchdown at a super low air speeds are the ones people screw up they're the ones where people either like apply pull power put the put carb heat in and pull up and climb out of ground effect and they're too slow or they pull the flaps up and they're too slow out of ground effect and I mean so. Anytime you get a chance to practice those where you're just about touchdown speed, just off the runway and can go full power and practice that, uh, that's good practice. Yeah. And, well, I, th- I think one of the things too, that you can't, it's such a luxury, like in terms of, uh, I'm not doubting you. Like that's, a, that was an easily fixable landing, uh, that you're talking about. That was a couple of videos ago. And the thing about it is, is, um, I remember when I was training, you know, and my instructor saying, you know, oh, if you just, you could have just padded that with a little bit of throttle. If you balloon that a little bit, you know, just throw in a little throttle and, you know, you'll be fine. And I said, look, that's fine. But I don't, I said, I don't want to be good at fixing landings. I want to be good at landing. There's some reason why I, that, that situation occurred. And I don't want to keep developing all these skills that give me the lack of impetus to really solve the airspeed problem or whatever else it is that I've got that's going on, however minute the problem is. But in that particular landing, uh, it was one of those where it, the benefit of uh, quarterbacking it, you know, looking at video from the outside of the plane <laughs> after, right? But you know how it is? Like sometimes you just, it's like you're kind of feeling for the ground. You're kind of feeling for it and your speed is really starting to drop, but you're still feeling for it. And you're also kind of, you're trying to manage back pressure to where you're not you know, going to really force it up. So you're kind of just, coming down and kind of, you know, and I got down like right there. And then I, I was like, ah, and I, I pulled it back a little bit much and it kind of went like this. And I was like, before I even begin the slightest balloon, yeah, I'm already sort of starting to, because I, I was about to just put in a little bit of power and just let, I mean, I was right. Yeah. I was like this high, but uh, I didn't, I couldn't, I felt strange because I felt in, in, in the moment I'm feeling for the ground and I'm like, what, you know, like what, What's going on? You know, as soon as I'm even distracted for like 0.7 seconds in that process at that stage, I just go around. I, yeah. I, just, I love it. <laughs> Give the, me the uh, go around. I had a learning experience. I did a, in all the landings we did the other night. Um, it was, uh, I decided to do a power off 180 in the 235. So, like, they're super fun in the in the 172 because it's basically <laughs> like pull the, pull the power out, smoke a cigarette. Uh, right. Um, chew some gum, have a snack, talk to your passenger, and yeah. then think about turning back to the airport to land. In the 235, it's like if you're a beam, your touchdown point, and you pull the power out, if you're not turning towards the runway, I'm talking <laughs> like a calm wind situation. If you're not turning towards the runway in about two seconds, you're not going to make it back. That's how much that thing falls out of the sky with no power. And so I had learned that in a previous, in one of our first flights with Kevin when he was checking me out in the plane. So I intentionally gave myself the 
the time factor where I would be like, what is happening? You know, I waited I, a beat or two and then mm-hmm. kind of started turning towards the, uh, towards the runway. So at Clarksburg, here are the things to think about. Now we're way off topic, but here are the things to think about at Clarksburg on the left side of the runway, probably, I don't know, a thousand feet or two, between a thousand and 2000 feet down the runway, right on the left-hand side of the runway is a tower, probably a, 75 foot it's part of the it's either part of the ILS I don't know what it is it's it's, it's some sort of a structure cuz I'm always thinking like you've got a we've got an 8000 foot runway here I don't also need to hit the numbers why can't I just turn into a low approach and kind of be there why well, can't I you got you have to be aware of the obstacles near the runway so like I couldn't even think about cutting it short anyway point is we turned in I turned in super early and I'm like, I'm going to make it. And Dave is like, Oh, I don't know if you're going to make it. I said, dude, I'm, I'm beyond the point. I've got too much speed and t- I, I got to figure out what I'm going to do now. Um, and so I got to play with this thing in the 235 where like we're glide, best glide. I'm trying to pull back a little bit because I know I'm going to make it now. So I'm slowing down before we get there. And I ripped in all flaps. Like I was just like, click, click, like all the way to 40 degrees. So I anticipated it. And did, it's got you know, 40. Okay. It's got, yeah. It's 15. Um, I'm sorry. 10, 25 and 40 are the three notches. So it uh, okay. kind of well, so it slows down quick um, with 40 degrees of flaps. And so it was perfect. I mean, everything worked out perfectly, but it was quite a, it was a really cool game of feeling that out, like how to fly. Like it was completely now it was just like it was just flying now. Like there was no thinking about all of the parameters. You were just kind of feeling the airplane and flying it. And it was yeah. super cool. And we were a little bit longer than I wanted to be, but we clearly made it back safely. And, but it was, uh, it was a good learning experience. Yeah. So that, that's a, uh, it's, it's gotta be very, very different than a 172. It's sort of like driving a suburban versus a Corolla. Exactly. Mm. One dog geek says, got to love the Hershey bar wings, throw a brick out the window and follow it down. That's exactly what it feels like. You, when you <laughs> think, when you pull power, you know, and you're in the 172 and you pull power out, it's, it still feels, I mean, the nose gets heavy, uh, a little heavier, but it like, it still feels like it's gliding. I, Brian, I can't explain to you the feeling like when you pull it out of the 235, it's like, you've got to like grab and hold on to the thing. Cause it's just <laughs> like, it just falling over like it's just <laughs> the sink is is uh is unbelievable without power in that plane which is you know something to be aware of at all times like on takeoff yeah oh and and just a one back one thing to step back about the go around thing is i wanted to mention is that in the i made sure to tell my slightly nervous passenger about land who is nervous about landing i made sure to tell him well beforehand before we were into it that about about what a go around is and that it's, uh, you know, it's a badge of honor. It's not a shameful, it's not a, you know, it's not a, a thing that's negative, you know, in any right. way it's, you come in, sometimes things will happen. If I, I basically said, if anything doesn't look right, I'll say I'm going around and you're, and I'll put the throttle in and then we'll do another uh, lap around and we'll, and we'll try it again, you know, so just to let them know, ahead of time. It's one thing to let the air sick people know, like I'm about to turn right. Okay. Like, everybody said. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's another thing to be like, you know, 10 miles out from the airport. I'm already telling him about how the pattern's going to go. And then how, uh, and it's just a reminder that I, I always default to the go round that that's what I'm going to do. 
Right. So, and by having that as a mental sort of, um, fixture in my brain about that's my default is the go around, then that actually led me to also then by default, when I'm telling my passenger about the landing, let me tell you about the go around. We're going to do, you know, if, if, if anything looks weird. So, uh, and if everything's okay, then we'll land that kind of approach, uh, I think worked really, really well. Um, that so, is good discipline. Yeah. That is good discipline. And I, I probably need to be a little bit, I, I get spoiled in places. Now I guess Fairmont, not so much like you, you have to be reasonably, it's also, we act like it's a super short runway. It's almost 3000 feet. I mean, it's you, you still could land halfway down the thing and, be fine you know so it's not like any of us are working in precision like um back country like you've got you know you got 800 feet to get this not a sandbar yeah and it's the same thing at clarksburg but you know times 10 it's eight thousand feet and it's like who cares you could get complacent and be like i don't care i I don't care where i land i'll just i'll I'll fight the i'll fight this landing for five thousand feet if i have to but (laughs) you know like i'll just put it down but that's it is it is probably it is probably better. The approach is probably better to be thinking like I should go up and pray if I've got the time to do this. And this is you know if it's a safe condition, land the plane. I mean, there's also not like a problem if if you're fine to land it to land it. But like, go out and do it again and get it right this time. And it's good practice. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, and, and the thing too is that the whole idea is to try to be as good of a pilot as you can be and as safe as pilot as you can be. And so. I'm just hell bent to understand why, how, why am I in this position now? Even if it's very subtle and I'm just not quite getting it. It's funny how our, our whole podcast now is about go rounds, but, but basically that's, that's what it's all about. Um, I was looking for your video to show it, but I, Oh yeah. Yeah. The, it's like the third to last one or something. Um, it's got uh, but anyway, so, so the, um, the other thing I wanted to mention about uh, nervous passengers and all that, I feel like, um, there's a way, you know, the safety briefing, which by the way, I kind of keep forgetting that it's actually a regulation to, that you have to give a safety brief to a passenger. Um, I've, <laughs> I've always just thought about it as this being this kind of, <laughs> it's just a responsible thing to do. It's like, no, it's actually what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's ways you can deliver the passenger briefing when you have a nervous uh, or apprehensive uh, passenger um, you know, it's one thing to, I don't know, there's levels, you know, the, the normal sort of safety briefing that you would give somebody great. But if you're getting into like, well, okay, so I might have you crack the door if we're doing a forced landing, you know, so the whole airframe doesn't like sort of crumple and then we'd be trapped in right because of a fire. And then, we right. would, you know, like you, you have to sort of uh, find the sweet spot. That's right. I completely agree. I like to start with uh, I like to start with the classic um, no smoking despite these beautiful ashtrays joke, you know, because that's <laughs> like the thing in all these airplanes. Like the, the passengers always want to point out to me, like, but well, why there's ashtrays here? Like, you know, yeah. so I've just kind of worked that into my opening <laughs> shtick on for just about everybody. It's just such mm-hmm. a funny thing to still you're still supposed to tell people that, uh, which is kind of funny. But also, I love the. Um, seatbelts on during a uh, taxi takeoff and landing, but we might as well just leave them on the whole time. Cause it's not like you're getting up and moving around the airplane. While <laughs> we're up there, So you might as well just leave your seatbelt on while we're. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many little things too, you know, just about, um, it's like you want people in the front to feel like, you know, that they have, they're there with you and, and they're kind of loosely participating in the operation by just being there. Um, but a lot of people are just like 
pushing the seat all the way back. They're, you know, they, they're like, I don't want, I don't even want my feet anywhere near whatever those things are and, you know, all that. And I, I try to split the difference with them to say like, no, no, like, you know, it, you know, I'll let you put your hands on the controls here and you'll get a feel for it. It's different than just saying like, I'll let you fly. You right, know? right. That's a little bit much, but, um, do you, um, um yeah. do you ask all your people to, um, watch for airplanes? So, okay, I do, but I'm starting to wonder if that's a good idea. Oh, really? Uh, well, of course it's a good idea. I guess it depends on who it is, but, uh, I do ask them, you know, and I've done the thing where it's like, you know, I'll buy a beer for every, you know, sort of aircraft that you can spot before me or, you know, something along those lines, but it ends up being while you're in the plane, you know, you're hearing about, you're hearing somebody on the radio that's on the crosswind or, you know, whatever. And you're, you just, you just start looking, um, and you try to get them to do sort of 12 o'clock, two o'clock that starts to go, even that is too much for, for some people. Um, right. uh, I don't want them to feel like they have the responsibility of it. Um, and I don't want them to feel like, um, I have no, there's no chance I'm ever going to see all this traffic. I'm going to need your help. Um, which in a way it's kind of true, but, uh, if they're nervous, I, I try to say, um, Hey, you know, if you see something, say something. And that, in the talking part of the safety brief too, I always say, you know, we're going to limit our conversation during crucial phases of flight, which are, you know, takeoff, landing and such. And, uh, uh, but if you see something, say something and it doesn't, you know, I've, I've had people call out reflections as other aircraft and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, it's fine. I can't see half the time what I'm, what I'm looking at anyway. Right. Right. Uh, Let's see. I'm looking for comments now. You good on some stuff here. Yeah. I would love to hear uh, anybody's uh, pro tips on uh, accommodating nervous folks. Ben Singer asks a good question. Have you mm. fl- flown with someone where something happened and you were more nervous than your passenger? It happened to me a few weeks ago, he says. Oh, now, see, now I, I got to hear the rest of the story. Yeah, I know. I want to hear that too. Um, I, not that any, I, no, I don't think I've had any real unusual. I don't have anything that's, that has been an unusual or unsafe condition. Honestly, Kevin, who's in the chat with me, my first ever passenger was probably the most interesting thing that's happened with the passenger was that very first landing. We were trying to fly into Elkins, um, and I was so gung-ho to have a passenger. I mean, this was a huge, you know, this was, yeah, this was a big exciting. deal. And, um it was a kind of an interesting approach. They have crossing runways and it's over this guy's farm. And you basically, the final approach is like over a barn. I mean, it's just like, you might as well, you could land in his barn if you wanted. I mean, it's close, you know, to the, um, and so I was high, like really high. And, uh, I, we were coming in high and I was trying to make it work and I can't slip in that Cessna with flaps. And I was like, mm, I'm so, and eventually made the decision to go around, uh, probably later than we should have, and what, what hit me as we're accelerating, like, down, you know, like climbing back out from there, I was thinking to myself, I don't, I didn't even look ahead to see what like the de- up departure path of this runway looks like. So I'm like, now I'm like looking around, like, well, there is terrain like everywhere here. And like, but then I thought people take off that runway all the time. So you've got to be able to out climb it. Right. But, um, it was just one of those moments where I had like 
realized I didn't even, I did not really think this through, like what my plan of attack was going to be here <laughs> if things didn't go. Um, of course, everything was completely fine and well within every margin and everything was fine, but it was, um, I was probably more nervous about it there for a moment, maybe than he was uh, going out of there. Like, what are, what are we going to do here exactly? <laughs> it worked out great. Yeah, he said that you uh, you were going fast as well. Yeah, Camp um, oh the mower. Yeah, there was also a guy. There was also a guy <laughs> mowing like right beside the runway as well. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this: Have you ever? Is there something you ever forgot to do, or you know something procedurally, or something where it's almost like you're. I'm, I'm obviously I'm projecting here. I'll tell you what mine is, but I guess I was going to see if you had one where like you forgot to do something or did something wrong. And your, your instinct actually is when you catch yourself is almost like to sort of, to sort of own up to the CFI that's not there. <laughs> and, then, and, and then you're just like, yeah, I did that. I did something. I didn't have a passenger with me, um, but I breezed over. I got, guilty of breezing breezing through some checklists um and I, it's not a huge deal again but it you know it's one of those things you think could have been uh, i left i took off in the 172 with uh fuel selector not on both so just on one tank or the other which is again i mean they both had 15 gallons of fuel so it's fine but also it's it's only fine because it was fine it's not fine because i checked it or had any realization of what fuel tank i was on you know what i mean it was uh, one of those moments so i'm like climbing out and i'm like thinking well i'm not going to switch it now i mean like we're going we're to stay there till we're like on final at clarksburg where we got the runway made and then we'll put it back to both but um so yeah stuff like that i mean you know it flipped me out it was way early in my time these are these old guys with more experience are like what's your problem dude that's yeah right really fine well, it's one of those things where you just you it's not about the actual thing that you forgot. It's about if I'm capable of forgetting that, what else am I capable of forgetting? Yeah. It's not yeah. Um yeah, mine was um uh it was a pretty short ish runway for what I'm used to, probably closer to what your home airport is or a little bit something like that, three thousand feet. Um but it was um you know, obstacle trees, you know, nothing crazy, but it wasn't really enough to warrant necessarily like a full on short field takeoff, but it was definitely warrant warranting a uh, climbing out of VX, you know, and just being, you know, certain that you're getting into the climb. And so we take off and, and, uh, and we're, we're in, you know, and I'm telling my passenger, like, this is going to be a little bit steeper, steeper of a climb than maybe what you're used to or, or whatever in the few flights that you've had. And, uh, and we get into that. And then while we're in, 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 in VX and climbing out and getting over these trees and out over this water, uh, I looked down and, and uh, I had not put the mixture back to Ridge. And probably not the hugest deal, but I mean, it's like, that's how, uh, as far as I understand, that's how the engine's going to get really hot. And if I'm also flying in VX, there's not as much airflow and it's maxed out uh, climb situation. And just for a second, it just jarred yeah. me because I was yeah. like, man, like, why, how did I miss that? Uh, that's, you know, it wasn't the end of the world or anything. It was just sort of like, oh. And so I guess my point is relative to this nervous passenger thing is it's funny when you have these moments by like in your head about what's going on. And I'm not going to be like, oh, you're not going to believe what I forgot here. I got it. No worries. But. 
you know, isn't that funny? So I forgot the other night, actually during those 235 landings, um, you know, gas undercarriage mixture props forward. So in our 235, I'm typically on base or base to final before I'm pushing the prop forward because I don't like to, I don't like to advance it until after the throttle's pulled enough back that it's off the governor, which if you don't flow, you'll, you'll feel what that means later. But like, I forgot to put the prop forward on one of our, uh, one of our touch and goes. The implication would have been that had, had I not caught it before we went to go on the runway, I could have, I mean, fortunately we weren't pulling the prop back very far, but I could have, it's bad. First of all, it's bad to have that much, um, manifold pressure with a slower prop, but also you sacrifice some climb performance. Um, but I just happened to feel like one of my things after we touched down, I put the flaps up as I just pushed the mixture and prop again, just as with my hand. And I'm like, mm, that prop went like an inch worth of move there. So I'm glad we caught that just now before we left. And then we took off and everything was fine. It's easy. It's easy to do. And I've gotten sloppy with the mixture uh, in one in the 172 particularly because our, our little 172 is so underpowered, that 140 horsepower. Oh yeah. That in the summer, I'm constantly leaning for best performance. Like even if it's even remotely warm, like if it's 70 <laughs> degrees or more, 70 degrees right. or more, I'm like running up to full power and like leaning some on the runway just to get as every last RPM. Five two Lima is 140 horsepower. Yeah. It barely goes. I mean, you barely get off the ground. Wow. Uh, and, yeah. and, and you have you've had people ride in that plane with you. Yep. Wow. Yeah. In fact, there have been many occasions where there's been three of us, me and my daughter <laughs> right. and my uh, wife. And uh, I wouldn't put three of me in it. I mean, on a summer day? No, heck no. Heck no. Yeah. I mean, you know, so somebody's sitting here. Uh, oh, David. Hey, David. Uh, if a passenger's comfortable, I have them help with checklists. I've done some of that. There's a, there's, there's a, there's a pro and a con to that I can see. One, I think it depends on the type of passenger. Some, you know, it's a, it's a constructive but non-volatile way for them to be involved. At the same time, you've got to, it's kind of like they're reading the checklist, but you already know the checklist and then you're going to double check the checklist anyway. So it's like, okay, it's kind of like, uh, you know, your parents telling you you're the best tree in the play or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but all that being said, there's, I think a lot of passengers where not a lot, there's been a few where I've done that and you could kind of tell they were like, Oh, uh, like you could you could sense just a little bit of like oh sh- like now I got to do uh isn't can you just you know yeah, they're not saying the it they want to they want to play along yeah but, uh, read the room but I, yeah. I do it too I do it too with people that are comfortable with it and like Cecilia you know you you have your repeat customers who are like that's yeah she knows her jobs now like she's right. like program the transponder um do the checklist like, clear the landing right she's got her she's got her uh. She's got her things that she's super. The only other thing I was going to say about that too is just that if you have somebody that's got any kind of motion sickness, obviously that would be a, a, a like an opportunity to have them look outside as opposed to look at checklists. But uh, obviously, David, you know that. But that's a great suggestion. Fur geeks, I have a bad habit of saying "oh shit" when my flare isn't perfect, and I've realized that really it really makes my passenger uncomfortable. Hey, you guys, I have shielded the YouTube audience. Cecilia would attest. We've got to have her as a guest on here. She would attest. You know what? I edit. Okay, here's a dirty. Here's an inside. Here's an inside uh, baseball <laughs> trick. I often am muting my the intercom audio 
on landings and at other times where I don't want you to hear what I'm saying, but I don't also don't want to make it clear that where I'm actually saying anything. Like there's a lot of content that you don't hear that actually happens. I went through a phase where just about every landing, I was making some kind of like, ooh, 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 it's yeah, like I was constantly, and it, Cecilia would look at me and be like, it's what's the problem? Like she's looking outside going like, this is fine. Like, and it all, it was, but you know, uh, I did that constantly. And I, I just started realizing that's not a good habit. Like that's a terrible thing to get into the habit of doing like, because yeah, you, the wrong people, that's, you can't just like, Cecilia, you know, no. So that audio never hit the GoPros or anything? So it was not captured. Oh, I have it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have it. Oh, the audio recorder. That's right. So I just uh, never put the final. I I would like to be the first to ask for a Christmas present that would be that you post a video that is just a super cut of just all of them. Uh, Oh, God. It would be be 20 minutes of just those. Yes. And I'm here for it. Let's, Let's do it. Here's Ben Singer's story from earlier. Uh, when he was asking about something that happened with a pastor that but you were more scared than they were. Oops, hold on, don't read that yet. Let's go back. I was taking my wife uh, on a surprise trip to Florida, had to shoot an instrument approach, and the winds were 12 gusting to 20, slightly offset from the runway. And there were seagulls that I had to avoid after I broke out of the clouds. My wife was busy reading a magazine, and I was sweating it out. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's crazy. Yeah, I, I haven't had the instrument uh, level passenger situation. The uh, I will say, side note, not really related to anything to do with this podcast, but it's just a funny little tidbit. Uh, when I was in college, I was dating this girl, and we were on our first. Uh, I guess we've been going out for just a, a month or less. And we decided to take this road trip somewhere. I don't even remember anymore. And she was in the passenger seat of the car and she had her feet up sort of like on the dash summertime. And she was reading a book or doing something on this road trip while we were driving and I was driving and we got behind one of those, you ever see those, uh, like the trucks that are towing the other cab mm-hmm. truck, but inverse, you know, where like, so you're, you're in the fast lane on the interstate looking at the grill of a Peterbilt, you know? And, and I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a bad person, but I just, I just went, oh my God. And then she looked up and saw the grill yeah. of a Peterbilt right in front of us. And she uh, twitched and contorted and screamed in, in ways that you could only imagine would be if someone really thought they were taking their last breath. And I laughed so hard for so long and I felt so bad about it because really what was funny is about it, it was just that, in a completely innocuous situation, she was for that split second, hundred percent convinced that she was not going to, you know, be on this earth anymore. Right. Uh, and I thought that was hilarious, but I'm also maybe not a great person. No, I like it. I took Cecilia on a little. Uh, we we weren't we weren't zero G certainly, but we were doing a flight uh, a couple weeks ago, and I. Um, we had to climb. We had been restricted. There were traffic leaving Clarksburg. So we were about, we had to climb like a thousand feet and I had tons of airspeed. And I was like, man, I don't really want to fix all my things and fix my prop and power up. So I'm like, I'll just, I'll trade some of the speed. So I just like, I pulled way back. And so like we, you know, nosed up and we're climbing. Of course we're slowing down dramatically too. And so we get to the top and I'm just like, whew. 
and like oh yeah down it's like whoa and she she looked at me and she's like mm, 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 mm. i said oh you didn't like that and she's like no do not do that again i said okay i'm sorry i thought it would be fun there for just slowing down it's kind of like uh it's either the choice that or all the flaps you know yeah she hates that too for sure exactly exactly so um so yeah we've got uh one dull geek seconding my request for you to make a super cut 20 minute of you freaking out uh deleted audio landing i see it. um I, I really think this is good i i oh you didn't put it up on the screen i see because you just didn't want to support that Feeling like it didn't happen you're gonna pretend- <laughs> uh andy uh, do you know if there's a, a formal safety brief for pilots in general, especially for student pilots, something written out? I don't know. Do you? Um, a formal safety brief for pilots in general, especially for yeah, student like, pilots. That's a kind of, so a student pilot's not going to be taking a passenger, but it is good. Uh, do it on your I, check right. So I briefed my CFI on every flight um, about not just – and we should sort of bifurcate the kind of the safety brief versus sort of uh, briefing emergency procedures, you know, for various uh, loss of thrust and those kind of things. So as far as formal safety brief, there's the safety acronym. There's a million videos on YouTube or things, articles anywhere on the interwebs, uh, but the safety acronym. So it's basically, what is it? Seatbelts uh, and all of the environmental controls, fire extinguisher, uh, sort of like entry, egress, you know, doors, latches all of that um and then you got the t for talking you know no talking during crucial flight safety s-a-f-e-t-y you never heard that one so you can find videos all over the place uh that break this one down and i've i've found it to be pretty easy to remember uh although it's one of those acronyms where a lot of the stuff just doesn't really line up letter wise in a nice neat way you can see that people kind of forced it uh only a pilot will get to the point where you start to kind of be a sort of aficionado of acronyms and like whether they really feel natural or forced. Uh, uh, but anyway, safety acronym is the one. And so, yeah, T for talking and then Y for any questions. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, the any, yeah. So acronyms are big in uh, aviation, but I've also found they are bigger. So I left my job of like 25 years this past year and started a new career Um as a, a defense subcontractor. And so I will tell you that in that world, the military world, the acronyms are, uh, they make aviation's acronyms look silly. Like mm. every other word is an acronym. So I'm still, I'm six months into this job, seven, uh, six months in and still trying to learn all these acronyms. So it's, uh, will you tell us all the acronyms now on live YouTube? I will not be able okay. to do that. That was a test. Moment. I passed. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, the thing about, um, again, like with the safety briefing, I think that's a good thing because it, it, you can, you can get the, uh, nervous passenger to sort of put their hands on some of the things in a non volatile you do it, do it, not when the engine is running, you do it before you even start. But you know, when you're saying like, here's where the heat is and you can show them where the pullout is for that valve, like that's a nice little thing to you know, once they kind of get their hands on some of the switches and kind of actuate some of the things inside the plane, it's just a way for them to tangibly, I think, get more set right uh, in the plane. I think that does help their their baseline kind of mental state. 
Mike says, uh, great what you guys are doing. I started my started training for my private at 51 and happy to hear I'm not alone in the challenges. Hashtag CFI half my age. Oh, yeah. It's true. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, that was our case, too. Yeah, it's like, wow, he could be my son. He might be my son. <laughs> Fergie, I'm a Navy civilian. I agree. Acronyms are out of control. Uh, you can just say OOC. <laughs> oh, look, focus. There we go. Uh, let's see. What else have we missed here? It's like you just did that with your mind. <laughs> I have any go backs here that we missed? Midlife pilot, hard knocks. Uh, yeah, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin said uh, when we were talking about uh, briefing passengers about like how it's like to be in a plane or motion sickness, ask them if they're good in a 60s Beetle on a country <laughs> dirt road and imagine if that was at 10,000. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, how about a script flip, says Indiana Penny. Ever have any passengers that make you, as the pilot, more nervous? Ooh. Um, I, I will say, okay, here's one that I, okay, I have not encountered that, but for my short answer would be, uh, I'm apprehensive about taking any small children up. And, I, you know, it's not that I don't, I, I went up in a plane as an infant. Um, but, uh, that that I feel like if the younger the child in the plane, the more sort of not nervous, but just kind of uh, like maybe a little nervous. Maybe that's just me. I haven't done it a lot yet. So part of my whole um, imposter syndrome slash uh, not belonging in the pilots club thing, flying with other pilots for me is, oh, a, ner- yeah. is a nerve wracking experience because I feel like I have to perform you know, I feel like I, yep. I'm good not, one. yeah, I'm not adequate. I'm not worthy enough to be flying. So it's, yeah, I still have a hard time. It gets easier the more you do it with someone or you become friends with people, you know, like, like Dave, I'm getting a lot more comfortable with Dave, um, flying with him and Cody and I took that trip to Oshkosh. And so that was a long time in the plane with a person. Yeah. But I think those initial ones are always like, um, you know, it's, you feel like, and we shouldn't feel that way. I think that's part of That's like, it's not an, that is not in this context. It's not a hazardous attitude situation. It's not an ego thing for me. Like I'm not trying to prove I'm a better pilot. My problem is the opposite. I feel like I'm, I'm inadequate. Like I can't, I don't want to make a mistake to make it, you know, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just a, um, it's just a psychological I thing. Totally get that. One th- you know, in my recent experience flying with a, also another new pilot, not as new as I am, but newer, uh, within a year that are the year. Um, we just had a sort of an agreement up front of, uh, to kind of squash that before we even got started. Um, to just say, we're both here to get better, um, we also should be comfortable, right? And we're both still new at this. And he had not, he was a little bit rusty. He had, it had been a couple months because he had uh, had a, uh, a child and stuff. So bigger things going on. And so, you know, my whole thing was tell me if I forget something, if what, like correct me all day. And then I think if you can have that, you know, I did the same thing with him. You know, there were a couple of times where I was sort of like, eh, you know, uh, I feel like, the, you know, airspeed is getting, all, you know, on the base to or the downwind to base term is not 
where I think it should be. And it made me a little nervous with a little nose up, a little slow, not a little uncoordinated. And, you know, so I just wanted to point that out. Let's try to maybe tighten those up. You know, not like I'm some CFI. I'm just sort of, I'm just really not interested in dying. Right. And, uh, and at the hand of someone else, especially I, when I'm like, I saw, I knew he wasn't coordinated. Right. Yeah. We had a, we had a similar thing when I flew with Dave the other night, that crazy approach into Fairmont where we had to like, get out of the way of a plane and cross over the field. And now we're right traffic in the two thirty five, So we're going 115 knots, you know, like it's, everything's fast and it's um, we're trying to get configured for like, and it's dark, it's nighttime. I can't, you know, you can't see any, you can't see the terrain. So I'm like, we're making an abruptish pattern, not abruptish, but like it's, everything's condensed now. So you're doing your memory check items and you're doing this. So I told Dave at some point, I said, if you, if there's anything at all that make that you are not comfortable with speak up and let's just go around and do this again. Like we'll just fix it. Um, and that kind of happened. All It's so funny. Like you scramble and scramble, and scramble, right. And then you're on final and everything slows down. It's just like, okay, now we can just like focus on getting it in there. But um, I, mm-hmm. I, I said that to him. Um, not because I did not feel unsafe at the moment. I mean, I would have just went around and done something different or flew away from the situation. Uh, but it, there were a lot of things happening very quickly. We weren't recording, so I didn't have any cameras, but it was, uh, it was bam, bam, bam for me. You know, some of these guys fly really fast planes and it, you know, things happen much faster, but it's still for me, this 235, like it's a lot faster at one, you know, like our, Base, you know, we're flying base at 100 miles an hour and turning final, you know, between 90 and 100 miles an hour. So that's surprisingly faster than like 70 or, you know, eight, 70 to 80 miles an hour. Um, Definitely noticeable. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just things happen much faster. It's, like it's more like you're maneuvering as opposed to just sort of lollygagging. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you do in a 172 sometimes. Student Aviator says, um, had a rear passenger today during check ride training certainly made it different ah. that rear passenger today is a brand new pilot as well um i did that some during my training very rarely uh cecilia came with us a couple times a couple people came during rebecca went with us on a cross country once um to parkersburg only a handful of occasions that i had people with me when, when training mainly because the performance of the airplane I mean, it was it was there were days that would have made it very difficult. Well, so Mike there uh, talking about the rear passenger being a brand new pilot. So uh, he's, he's preparing for his check ride coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, I believe. So that's gotta be an interesting, even particular sort of place where you're, cause I just remember what it, I'm talking about it. Like I'm so wistful. Like it was back when I was young and this is an, back in September. Um, for God's I remember sake. like it was yesterday. Yeah, uh, really. I can. I, it's like I can still. It's like I'm right there. But oh, we, need uh, like a, we need the music. And like the flashback <laughs> sequence, and like we'll show the video. Like, oh yeah, not even, not, not even. Yeah. So I remember just that 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 three week, two weeks before the check ride. Like everything kind of starts to compress and. You know, by the way, if anybody didn't check out our last episode about, uh, was that our last episode? Yeah, the check ride, uh, sort of, uh, I guess some tips and tricks and just sort of some funny observations. 
but also just kind of just saying, hey, it's actually really not that big of a deal. Of course, anybody, it's like the kid who just got the shot from a doctor coming out and be like, ah, oh, it's no big deal because they already went through all the terror. Uh, and so they're just, they're just relieved. I don't know. If I we, wish maybe, maybe we did people a disservice, honestly, Chris. Honestly, I wish someone would have told me, and not that it would have made any difference because it's a neurotic, not neurotic, but it, I would have still been as OCD about it. I, I wish I would have had people to talk to that would have said, you're making it up to be way bigger of a deal than it is. I think most people do that in most things that are big in their life, right? I mean, I don't think it's unique to this process of becoming a private pilot. I think we build things up yes. unhealthily to things that they're not. It's just nice to hear actual anecdotal, like people yeah. who just have done it say, I made this, I spent so much time worrying um, and it was not that at all. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I digress. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. I like what one dull geek just said here. Um, where he's, well, yeah, he says, uh, you think you demystified the check ride, and what I think you did the last time was confirm my fears of the check ride. I mean, you know, look, be afraid, be very afraid, be whatever it takes to get up for the challenge, I guess, you know, I mean, but you're going to do fine, and, you know, if you don't get it right, you will eventually. Like, it's not like, you get shut, you know, they're not going to take your plane from you. So, right. Uh, you know, keep the stakes in mind, but it is, you know, you put so much energy into something. You want to be a craftsman about it. You want to do it right. Um, but back to the, the thing with us student aviator there, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, two weeks from today, a check ride. I can't imagine. I, I would like very much having a rear passenger that had just been through that when I, I'm just getting ready to like, you know, shrink my focus tunnel vision down to being like going through that gauntlet that seems kind of kind of interesting i think but uh but yeah i mean you know it's 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 one of those things where flying with other other people i think should be always a good thing and i think if you don't feel good with somebody i mean maybe that's a really good question i have is if i i wish i had somebody to ask maybe i can ask you chris what if you don't want to fly with somebody what if you just, it's like they're, they're a totally nice person and you have all the same interests and they're at your airport or whatever. Like another like, pilot? Like if you don't want to go fly with another pilot? Yeah, like where you're just like, I, I, see, to- I see enough about this person's character. I can read other aspects of them. I don't know, whatever, whatever it would be. Uh, where you're just like, I don't want to fly with them. And how do you like, how do you get well, around that? I mean, you can find ways, you can find ways to not do it. I mean, we do that with everything else in our life, right? I mean, it's I mean, so southern, you, right? We don't, we, we can't be honest. I mean, lie. Yeah, we can't tell them the truth. I, I know people that I don't want to fly with. I think um, I'm sitting right here. Not you. I would. That we've got to hook that up at some point. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Um, well, it, there's two ways to look at it. I think you can either, you could say, well, the 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 responsible thing to do would be have a discussion with them about why, I mean, to not say something to them about it is almost complacent. If you really feel like there are risks to themselves or others. Um, <laughs> I mean, if we were going to be absolute purist about our intentions, right. It would be like yeah. the appropriate thing would probably be to say something, but also my God, how do you do that? I mean, unless it is egregious, I mean, unless it's an egregiously obvious um, 
I don't know, man. I would just find ways to <laughs> avoid the circumstance that would lead me to uh, to do that. And student aviator is saying that he thinks I'm talking about him. I, I, I would be happy to fly with, with uh, you, sir, because you've actually flown a lot of different planes. You've done a lot of different things. Uh, I mean, you are a little, uh, you know, maybe brave sometimes, but I, I would trust that you would take it easy if I was around. One dog geek says, to be honest, if I were him, I'd be scared to fly with me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, I guess the takeaway then is the best thing you can do. I mean, there's ways to handle folks who are nervous. And I think, um, I think engaging is a, is a key one, whatever that looks like to them. You got to read the room though. That's part of it is you've got to be able to read and know your passenger, like engage them in ways that are appropriate for them and for you and for the circumstance. Um, don't over engage. I also like your point, Brian, about don't make them feel like they're responsible somehow for the safety of the operation. Like, cause I do that with just about everybody. I'm like, you know, you can really help me by looking for other airplanes, you know, I've never really given it thought that I may be putting, you know, the burden on them in some ways of uh, making them feel like they're responsible for that. So that's that's just something to think about. What uh, kind of when you're approaching that? Yeah, you know, if there a certain type of person might be predisposed, I think, to feel that way. Like, oh, oh, now I got to do things too. But yeah, uh, yeah, certainly don't wait until you're actually in the plane with them. That's good. Yeah, yeah, man. So like, I, I think there's a lot to um, to walk away with there. I, I feel like I've learned actually a couple things in this conversation, Chris. Uh, so I hope that you feel the same. For sure. For sure. I look forward to this. I like the two week schedule. This is going to be a good cycle. Good. I think for us to, to, to make these happen. Uh, certainly if, uh, if you're listening to this uh, as a podcast or watching online, do uh, find it on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe uh, we would be very grateful for those subscriptions and also for uh, any reviews or comments on your podcast platform of choice. And this, these are great places to uh, submit topic ideas. Um, you can do that here in these chats. You can also email anytime uh, the midlife pilot at gmail.com the midlife pilot at gmail.com. If you have topic uh, suggestions or other kind of content suggestions going forward, I think um we need to have some strategic planning meetings maybe about like scheduling some of these out and then maybe starting to talk about some guests. I know we have a, we have a pretty good network of people I think who would be willing to participate and kind of provide some unique insight, um, potentially some other YouTubers, uh, even some who have some, who are in some of these chats with us. Um, I think the more, the merrier, the more voices, the better. I just, think it's it's a community thing that we're doing here. And so, um, Anyway, yes, absolutely, Indiana. That's a good point. Good luck. We won't. We may not talk to you. We may not talk to Student Aviator before his check ride in two weeks. Well, two weeks from today, we will. If 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 he makes the uh, show that Wednesday night, two weeks from today, we'll definitely want to hear the results of uh, the check ride. We'll say we'll say some happy uh, four letter words for sure. Uh, that's awesome. 
Well, thank you for uh, making a podcast with me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's very Mr. Rogers of you. <laughs> it's, uh, no, I'm not do it. Oh, by the way, the other thing is, uh, like, I noticed that um, on the iTunes thing, you know, people, are, I think some people, or at least one person, has left some reviews, and I think that's something that helps. So, if you go to the iTunes thing and press all the buttons and say it's this good or whatever, I think you can put words in or something, and then that helps. Also, it is now mandatory. You've got to get a sent out. Uh, that's got to be part of the show now. You've got to play us out of. Uh, <laughs> Play some pads and stuff out of uh, things going forward. Not tonight, but in future. Okay, good, because I'm not really set up right now. It's all uh, fair. But, uh, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, thanks, everybody. And, and um, uh, <laughs> oh, God. This is, okay, let's uh, – sorry. I know we're trying to wrap this up. One dog. Really? iTunes, Brian. iTunes. <laughs> uh, you mean uh, Apple Podcasts? Or whatever. Or is he, or is he mocking you for uh, because he knows you're... Uh, whatever Apple's rebranded their not latest uh, yes. mediocre go effort as. Pod- go to Apple Podcasts or wherever. I guess the Google, whatever the Google thing is. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. We appreciate your time. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you all in a couple of weeks. Goodbye, Brian. See you, man. Thanks, everybody. Bye.